Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to NerdGate. This is the podcast where we open up the gate to various nerdy topics like video games, card games, board games, television shows, and movies. I am one of your hosts, Ian Garner, and with me is... Brendan Gibson, a.k.a. Gibbles and Bits. Gibbles and Bits indeed is here. Today, we are talking Overwatch. Uh, But first, what we're going to do is we're going to hear a little bit about our nerdy keyword of the week. All right, our nerdy keyword of the week, trying to keep on a thematic tune here, and we'll continue to do that week by week, is DPS, also known as damage per second. Mm -hmm. Now, damage per second is kind of in relation to, it can be defining as a character, but it's also how much output of damage you have Per second, or just in a row, um, per clip, depending on what weapon you're using. Yeah, that is our keyword of the week. So we're talking about Overwatch today. Uh, Overwatch is actually a team-based shooter. It's a video game with a superhero theme created by Blizzard. Uh, It was released in May of 2016 and since launch has released 28 unique playable characters, uh, each with a very distinct aesthetic and an extremely loyal following. Yeah, there's uh, there's been quite a big following for it. And uh, kind of the, the point of the game is that you're trying to capture an objective point. Uh, you're trying to push a, a payload, just push a certain object down the map by kind of clearing a path for the rest of you and your team working together in a variety of different ways. Yeah, teams of six play in this game uh, and work together with a variety of roles and abilities uh, in order to secure objectives on the map. And kind of as you said, uh, some of the appeal of it is because there are, across the, the, the time of the game since it came out in 2016, there are 28 different playable characters at this point in time, I'm sure Blizzard is uh, set to expand upon that. Oh, you know uh, they're hard at work working on uh, Hero 29. Right, and each of these heroes have a different identity to them, a different skill set, different abilities, so it kind of gives the game a different flavor every time you play it, depending on who you choose. Uh, it's very fun and interactive. Uh, the maps are very, very bright and vibrant, along with the, the... Oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're all over the world. You've got maps set in Egypt, London, everywhere. They kind of hit... All points of the earth, and even some um, couple fictional places like Blizzard World too, kind of <laughs> sending a call out to, oh, their, yeah, to the, their own places. The imaginary theme park of all the Blizzard properties. Yes, <laughs> there's many multiple uh, playable modes, uh, competitive and non. Different sizes of teams where they um, that you can do three v three, or you can only choose a character once, or even where they eliminate gravity uh, to a degree, oh, yeah. and you and you start floating everywhere, <laughs> which really makes wacky. makes the uh, makes characters' abilities uh, even cooler. Blizzard's done a really good job about putting out seasonal events to kind of keep the game fresh, and it never feels like it has a dull moment to it. Yeah, one of the things that's really big for me is just the fact that it's a very simple interface. I mean, as far as uh, modern shooters go, there's a lot of games that just overwhelm you with the amount of depth and options you have. But each character that you pick has a specific kit that is designed for that character, both it's in theme uh, and it's also kind of designed to fill a certain role in a team. And that kind of brings me to the larger point. This game is all about teamwork, mm-hmm. which is so cool with a game with like a superhero sort of aesthetic to it. Yeah, a couple abilities that you have were a couple characters, you and your friend, if you each pick a character together, they can really uh, work together as, as a team, and while they may be okay abilities separately, they can be powerful together. Oh yeah, and, and, and this kind of leads us to to what's really cool about Overwatch. It's had this huge impact. Like, even outside of gaming circles, Overwatch has really sort of become almost a benchmark for modern video games. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's it's brought in a lot of new players and new people just to to nerdiness. Part of that, I I really kind of want to pin on Blizzard's really good job of creating a diverse cast. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, there's... There's characters that kind of represent uh, one, one, not only all ethnicities and races, 
but but kind of all mindsets. I mean, they they have openly uh, gay characters mm -hmm. uh, in Overwatch, where they they kind of came out with that right away and said yes and confirmed openly to the public that this character, for instance, Tracer, uh, is gay. Yeah, and especially because, like, you've got people from all around the world. You've got uh, Lucio from Brazil, a, a Brazilian DJ with uh, sonic powers and everything. It just really kind of embraces this sort of multicultural dynamic that really adds to the game, especially when you're traveling all around the world to, you know, control objective points. <laughs> yeah, anybody who plays the game knows that if you hear uh, a character speak in a foreign language, that means they're using their ultimate ability and they're not on your team. Oh, yeah. So you better run. And, and this is kind of interesting too because the way that blizzard has handled their characters has translated outside of the game we see overwatch as one of the top cosplayed properties at cons there's amazing cosplays really cool fan art and even some fan animation as well as uh animation that blizzard has put out themselves uh i mean like come on don't tell me that Reinhardt animated short wasn't amazing. That brought me to tears. It did. Some of the stuff that they have is, is truly incredible and allows you to connect with the characters uh, outside of the game. Um, one of the other things I will say when we talk about its impact on gaming, it has the unintended side effect, I think, of influencing the direction of microtransactions. Yes, uh, microtransactions are something that have kind of plagued gaming for a while as, mm -hmm. as games have developed, especially with online capabilities where... Slowly but surely, game developers realized that they could make a pretty, uh, pretty penny off of its, uh, its community by charging just a small amount for just little small things in the game. Unlike a lot of games that adopted the loot box system, there was nothing that you would get in the loot box that would affect gameplay whatsoever. It was all cosmetic items. Uh, but the system of kind of creating these little boxes that you would click and they would explode open with a, a uh, an array of colors and awesome objects ended up, from the psychological perspective, being adopted uh, amongst a lot of games that would use them as pay-to-win barriers. So that that's definitely something that, that you, <laughs> Overwatch has inadvertently uh, and perhaps negatively contributed to, uh, to gaming. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that we definitely can talk about is eSports. E oh, man. The Overwatch League just wrapped up its, uh, its first season, uh, and it went for about, uh, what, four or five months yeah. that it was on? Yeah, yeah it's about, about five months. And uh, it really has made an impact, I think, not necessarily in innovating esports. Esports have been around for a while now, but in really marketing it aggressively and making it accessible. Well, the fan base that you can see with uh, that have been following Overwatch, uh, not only by age group, but by diversity, mm -hmm. uh, its influence uh, around the world, You when they, they've, they stream these events, these live Overwatch events, not only the game, play with the crowd you see how diverse the crowd is and they're all wearing gear for their favorite teams and their favorite characters um and i think it's also uh brought a lot of light to uh the the specific esports players as well oh, yeah. and you start rooting for certain players that you know like for instance and this kind of goes back into the influence of uh esports is gaguri i mean everybody knows oh, gaguri yeah. now uh she became the first uh Female Overwatch player, female professional esports. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, correct. There was a couple of people, I think, in uh, Counter Strike. Okay. Uh, that that were that were first, but this is this is uh, pretty huge because she was easily the top uh, player of the Russian powerlifting uh, beast of a tank, Zarya, top on uh, Korean servers, and she actually made her way onto a professional Overwatch team and actually anchored uh, that team pretty hard uh, throughout the season, despite their. Cleveland Browns-esque winless record. Yes, she really held it down for them, and it almost started to feel like skill really was coming through, making it as an esports professional. Oh, yeah, and I think I may be wrong on this, but I think I remember hearing that like her jersey has sold, is, is one of like, the top 
uh, jersey sales in uh, in the Overwatch League. I so believe that is, it. That is so cool. So moving on. Well, uh, how do you know if this game is for you? Uh, maybe it is. Maybe it's not for you. Uh, some things to look out for uh, in Overwatch um, is that if you really enjoy working as a team, as we kind of said, there's six people on a team per side. This game is great for you. If you love deep, class-based action shooters, then this is a, a fantastic game for you with a variety of abilities. Oh, yeah, this kind of redefined the genre. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for diverse characters, I mean, as we kind of said, there's characters representing all backgrounds and all uh, kind of ideas. And there's and even a talking gorilla, if that's your thing. And he does not want a banana. He does not want a banana. Yeah, so um, if you're looking for a game with good representation, a game that doesn't pressure you to play at a high level that you can still enjoy time after time, even just on a quick play or a fun game mode, it's uh, fantastic for that. I will tell you where it does not necessarily benefit you as a gamer, you may not enjoy it as much, uh, is if you don't have network features, you can't physically can't play the game. This is a multiplayer game. Yeah, and that kind of brings up another point in that there is no story mode. The entire plot of it is kind of revealed uh, via animated shorts that the amazing animation team at Blizzard puts together. I mean, this is top quality, both scripting, voice acting, and, and of course, animation. Mm -hmm. um, but the game itself is, is exclusively multiplayer. So if you're going into Overwatch expecting a robust story mode, this may not be the product for you. Right, and you can still enjoy the storyline without having a story mode, but if you're looking for that, kind of stay well, away from Overwatch. And you can also that. get invested in the community without necessarily buying the game. Right, true. This is also probably not for you if you want something that's a little bit more methodical, a little bit slower. If you uh, don't necessarily like fast-paced action shooters, uh, that maybe that stress you out a little bit. If you want something that's a little bit more uh, low-key and you can take your time parsing your way through. I, I do not recommend Overwatch. Oh, yeah. Overwatch is about as fast-paced and chaotic and hectic. With, mayhem. As, as it can be mayhem. Uh, and that, I mean, to the point that mayhem is one of the team names in the Overwatch League. And it is fast as fast-paced as you get. Yeah, very, very rightfully so. Now, um, I guess... Uh, where can we find this game is kind of the last question. And how can you get involved with it? Because there really has to be a starting point somewhere. Yeah, uh, Overwatch, this this is important to kind of break down. Overwatch can be found online and in stores uh, for different prices. If you're on PC, it costs $40. If you're looking at PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, uh, it's going to be a $60 price line. That seems like a lot for a game that's been out for two years. I will not disagree, but... One thing that to keep an eye out for, they have free weekends. About every two or three months, they'll have a free weekend where anyone can download uh, the game and play it for the weekend for free to give it a try. I highly recommend this. And during that weekend, uh, there is usually a 50% off sale on the product. Uh, so you can snatch it for a lower price at that point. Yeah, Blizzard really is trying to grow the community here. And then while they do know the value of the product they have, they're really not trying to uh, knock you over the head with the price, and they really do want to get uh, those that are not involved involved in the game. So yeah. keep an eye out for those. And, and, and the thing to remember, too, is there's no DLC uh, that will be attached afterwards. Everything, All of the uh, gameplay additions, new characters, they're all free. Uh, the only thing that you can pay for inside the game is the microtransactions for loot boxes, but you don't really need that to experience the full game. I, As you play, you get loot boxes. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think you need them. For, so, for instance, Ian and I have been playing for, I've been playing for a little bit longer, but Ian and I together have been playing for about eight months, and uh, I think Ian's almost got every skin imaginable that he could want just by... Leveling up, playing together, and, yeah, and well, I mean, we play a couple times a week for a couple hours, and uh, I, I mean, I've worked my way up, and I, I have the skins that I want. I don't need every single one, but once you, uh, once you collect a certain amount, then I mean, 
Yeah, like I'll never play anything but Mako skin on on Roadhog. I just I, I'm in love with that one, yep. you know. And I haven't spent a cent on a loot box ever. Me neither. And it's one of the great things about Overwatch. Once you just buy it, once you buy the game, you are you're pretty set. Uh, oh, from yeah. there on out, as long as you enjoy playing it. So now, if you're thinking about checking out Overwatch, but you're not ready to double down on the money, one of the things you should do, definitely, is go check out some of the highlights and clips from the Overwatch League. You can see what some of the pros are doing, uh, and look at some of the really awesome, well-produced commentary by some of the, the experts in the field. Additionally, I highly recommend checking out Play Overwatch uh, on YouTube. The, that's the Play Overwatch channel. They've got guides, they've got news, and they have those amazing animated shorts. Yeah, I think the animated shorts, if you're really kind of on the fence, are what will spark your interest and really get uh, you interested and jazzed up about some of the certain characters. You'll you'll definitely have your favorites after uh, you start watching them. Yeah. And my favorite short is the May short. Uh, we're <laughs> yeah, all for yeah. everyone's for. I won't I won't ruin it for you, but it's it's a uh, it's a great it's a great one. It's pretty great, absolutely. What we're going to do right now is for those of you that have stuck with us throughout the whole podcast so far, we are going to do a quick uh, little segment where we do a, uh, a one-minute mention. Each of us have one minute to kind of throw something fun that, that isn't Overwatch-themed out, but that maybe isn't ready to, uh, to have a whole podcast a session about it. Just a thought that right. we've had uh, in the last week. So uh, are you going first, uh, uh, Gibby? Yeah, I will go first, Ian, and uh, I'm going to set the timer real quick and ready... Go! All right, my first uh, one-minute lead-in uh, is going to be uh, 007 Goldeneye. It's kind of a throwback. It's a game that I used to play on N64 all the time, and they even made a remastered version on Wii, and it was the first uh, first-person shooter that I played um, that kind of I relate to the Overwatch game as a, as a whole for sparking my interest. I never played any of the Call of Duties or uh, Battlefront growing up until I got a PS4. So I loved that game. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, it was the first game that I got to play as a multiplayer shooter uh, online with some people, network features with Wii. Uh, there's nothing more satisfying than playing that Golden Gun game where it's an automatic one-shot anytime you blast somebody in the face and uh, finding that Golden Gun and picking it up, seeing someone charge towards you and just, smack them in the face for a one-hit kill and just imagining how mad they are on the other side of this. Uh, I'm glad games have uh, have grown a little bit since then, and we've the got a little bit... The weren't great. No, they, but they got better. Um, <laughs> I'm glad there's a little bit more diversity now uh, in games, but, you know, uh, got to know where it started from. Okay, so is it, uh, is it my turn, it, uh, Gibby? It is your turn. All right, I got the timer ready, set, ready, go! Okay, what I want to talk about for my uh, one-minute mention is the 2012 adaptation uh, of Judge Dredd. It's, uh, it's called Dredd. Uh, and it is this film in which in a post-apocalyptic uh, sort of mega city uh, where the majority of the population is unemployed, this judge, jury, and executioner named Dredd uh, has this ridiculous romp through a mega tower of a 200-floor building uh, where at the top is the most ruthless drug kingpin you'll ever meet, played by one Lena Headey who is Cersei in Game of Thrones. Sounds very gory, Ian. Oh, it's it's very gory. I, I can't overstate the gore factor here, guys. But let me tell you, throughout the entire film, Carl Urban as Dredd never takes off his helmet. All of his acting is done from the nose down, and it's phenomenal. Dedication. All right, your time is up. Uh, and that is the end of our podcast for Nerdgate. Uh, we appreciate you all listening. If you have any uh, call-outs uh, about things that we've said during this podcast, or if you have any suggestions or comments about things that you'd like to see us do further podcast episodes about, feel free to comment down below where we post this podcast stream. All right, Nerdgate out.